Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy listening to the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. If you turn your Bibles to John chapter 6, John chapter 6, the song, um, it asks that God would reveal His glory through the preaching of His Word. Um, It's not about the man. It's not about me. It's not about any preacher. It's about the Word. Um, I think that's kind of what got me in trouble in other places. Because I was committed that this Word is enough. This Word, it, it gives us life. And I didn't have to come up with good ideas. I didn't have to come up with anything. It's just there. And I, we open it up and we break it apart and we feed on God's Word. We want to see Christ. We want to see Him lifted up. And we need it from His Word. Not the ideas of a man. No motivational speaker. We need His Word. And we need to see Christ. John chapter 6. We need to see Christ, but um, oftentimes we, um, we get our own idea of what we think Jesus should be. And instead of looking at the biblical Jesus, we, we get captivated by an alternative Jesus that is a creation of our own. Um, in the 1800s, there was this group they, they called um, the, the Quest for the Historical Jesus. Maybe you've heard of it. And um, the whole idea there was that they dismissed anything that was miraculous. They, they didn't believe Jesus actually turned bread and fish multiplied those. They, they, they kind of moralized it and turned it into something where, you know, a, a lesson on sharing, like the little boy shared, and so we should share too. Uh, they, they dismissed the miraculous. They, they dismissed the miraculous. Things like even the resurrection from the dead, they dismissed. And so this group called the Quest for the Historical Jesus, they, they tried to study the Scriptures and find out which of those things do we really think were real, were really Jesus, and which, do we, which of those things do we think were just uh, legends that kind of came up by His followers after the fact. And, by the way, I don't buy into that. But... Uh, one of the later members of this quest for the historical Jesus actually wrote a book by that name, and in it he concludes that these 19th century German liberals looked down into the well of history to find Jesus, and in the bottom all they saw was the reflection of their own faces. The Jesus that they came up with as they looked to try to see what they thought Jesus was really like was really... Nothing more than themselves. They dismissed all the miraculous, dismissed anything that they couldn't accept, and Jesus was basically made out into someone who was domesticated and who who, um, matched what a 19th century German liberal would be. You know, it doesn't matter if you're a 19th century German liberal or if you're here today. We can all have that temptation. We can have a temptation 
to think we're worshiping Jesus when in actuality what we're worshiping is a creation in our own mind of what we think Jesus should be like. You know, if Jesus was like what we wanted Jesus to be. But Jesus said some hard things. We don't like sometimes to to look at what Jesus said that was hard. He said things that made His own disciples offended. Probably not the passages you want me to preach on every single week. (laughs) But it's true. If we have a full picture of who Jesus is, there are some times... We need those times. We need those times whenever Jesus comes in and He is comforting and He is satisfying. And there are other times whenever we need, our souls need to hear where Jesus confronts us. Where Jesus says something hard to us. Jesus had made a hard statement in the last passage we looked at. His disciples were offended. Many of the people who were following Him went away. And Jesus asked the disciples, are you going to go away too? The twelve, He asked them, are you going to go away too? And Simon Peter said, no. Where else will we go? We know you're the Holy One of God. Let's read our text from John chapter 6, beginning in verse 60. When many of His disciples heard it, they said, This is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? But Jesus, knowing in Himself that His disciples were grumbling about this, said to them, Do you take offense at this? Then what what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where He was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who those were who did not believe and who it was who would betray Him. And He said, This is why I told you that no one can come to Me unless it is granted Him by the Father." After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the twelve, Do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus answered them, Did I not choose you, the twelve? And yet one of you is a devil. He spoke of Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. For he, one of the twelve, was going to betray him. This is God's Word. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for Your Word. Lord, let us not be like the people of Israel that Isaiah spoke to. Let it give us eyes to see, that we may not be seeing but not seeing. And give us ears to hear, that we may not be hearing but not hearing. Lord, reveal Your glory as we hear from Your Word. Draw us 
to yourself. Enlighten our eyes by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. In summary, tonight's message is this. Many stopped following Jesus because of His hard sayings. But those who the Father drew would persevere because Jesus had the words of eternal life. In the last passage before we came to this, remember, Jesus was talking about He was the bread of life. And He was saying some things that people were getting kind of creeped out by. (laughs) He was saying, unless you eat My flesh and drink My blood, you cannot be My disciple. You have no life in you. This was a hard saying, as you can imagine. The, the pagans, after Jesus' death, resurrection, and ascension, the pagans used to look at the Christians and say that they were cannibals. They didn't understand what Jesus was talking about. And they heard about these people who would have communion, who would have the Lord's Supper, who would take the bread and the cup, and they thought these people were cannibals. Well, even the disciples apparently thought the same thing when Jesus is talking about taking His own flesh and drinking His blood. You have to see with spiritual eyes. Jesus said that only those who the Father draws can understand. Only those who have the Spirit enlighten their eyes can understand. Jesus was talking about spiritual realities. To eat His flesh and to drink His blood is to believe. And it is an expression of faith in Him. Faith in what He did for us on the cross. It's believing. Yet, it was offensive. Jesus said many hard things. He told His disciples that the foxes foxes had holes and the birds of the air had their nests, but the Son of Man had no place to lay His head. To follow Jesus was not a life of comfort, not a life of ease. You wouldn't get that picture from watching some of the health, wealth, prosperity preachers that you might see on the television. With the elaborate scenery, with all the elaborate golden chairs and thrones that preachers sometimes sit on and fancy hairdos and things like that. To follow Jesus, Jesus had no place to lay His head. We should not expect some kind of worldly prosperity just because we follow Jesus. In fact, if Jesus had no place to lay His head, then many believers can be that way as well. Then Jesus told the disciples that many would hate them for His sake. If they hated Me, they're going to hate you as well, as what Jesus told His disciples. Jesus was taken to a cross. He was crucified for our sins. People did not like this Jesus in His own day. And He promised us if we follow Him, that's the kind of life we will have. We will all face some kind of rejection. Some kind of persecution. It may not be 
legally by the government. It may not be anything that's, that compares with what the world around us in many different countries experience. But we will have our share of rejection to follow Jesus. Jesus told the disciples they must take up their cross and follow Him. To follow Jesus means a life of self-denial. It's not about me. It's about Him and His glory. Denying ourselves. Denying our own desires. Jesus went to a cross for the joy set before Him. You know what? This life of self-denial can be a joy. Jesus, it, it tells us, I believe it's in Philippians, that for the joy set before Him, He endured the cross. When we take up our crosses, we can't do it unless we can see the joy that is set before us. The, the joy of knowing Jesus. The joy of having His presence with us. The joy of fellowship with Him and the joy of an eternal home in heaven with Him. These are all hard sayings. Jesus was a controversial figure. He wasn't a people pleaser that never made people mad. He brought words. With His words, He brought a sword. Next thing, those who the Father draws will keep following because they have no other place. Remember, Jesus reminded them He had already said, no one can come to Me unless the Father draws them. Lots of people were coming and following Jesus. More than just the twelve. There was, uh, whenever Jesus says, you know, whenever the, the word here tells us that the, the disciples, some of the, many of the disciples were falling away, they stopped following Jesus. It wasn't talking about the twelve. There was a much bigger band of people who were following Jesus around. Yet Jesus, it tells us, he knew what was in man. He knew what was in them. He knew who was going to continue following them and who was going to fall away. He knew who was going to believe, who really, really believed, and those who were just there to have their bellies filled. We need the work of both the Father and the Spirit to be able to believe in Jesus. The Father draws us And then in verse 63, it says, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. We need the Holy Spirit to open our eyes, to enlighten us. If if we are just in the flesh, then all of these things are just words. And they're not really changing us. They're not really making us into new people. But the Spirit enlightens our eyes. The Spirit, when we trust in Jesus, He gives us His Spirit and He does the work. It's not about our human effort or strife. That is all useless. The Spirit gives life. And when Peter says, to Jesus that they've believed. 
He says they, he knows who Jesus really is. He says, you are the Holy One of God. You know, in, um, in the other Gospels, when, G, when Peter confesses that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God, Jesus says, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Peter realized who Jesus really was. His eyes were open. He had a new grip on reality. And it all centered around Jesus' identity. Tell you what, when the Father draws us and the Spirit opens our eyes, we get a new grasp on reality and we can no longer see the world in the way we used to. I um, wasn't planning on this, but just came to mind the story that Plato told. Uh, my girls are familiar with this because we've been listening to some philosophy lectures. And Plato tells this story of a cave. Uh, there's this cave in which um, inside are, are bound these people who are sitting in a chair facing a wall, and behind them there's this other wall, and up on top of it there are these figures, and on the other side of it there is a flame. So like a flame, a wall, up on top of it figures, people sitting in chairs facing that way, all bound to them, and then there's another wall. So the fire made of shadows on the wall of these figures, okay? And the people that were in the chairs, they grew up all their lives and thought that all that was real in the world was all those shadows that they saw on, on the wall. But then one day, someone got loose from the shackles. And they got out, or they got away, and they started going out of the cave... And they get, when they got out, it was painful. As they got closer and closer to the outside of the cave, the light began to hurt their eyes. And they got out, and when they got out, their eyes were hurting massively. I mean, it was just really, really painful. But as their eyes adjusted, they began to see the world in a whole new way. You know what, when we're born again, that's very much like that. We see the world in one way as a natural person, and then when we hear the Gospel, the Spirit comes and opens our eyes. We look at the world, and it's a new reality. We can't look at the world the way we used to. You can't go back down into that cave and sit in that chair and think those shadows are real. Those who the Father draws. Those who the Spirit enlightens will not turn away from Jesus because they have no other place to turn. They know what the reality is. They have nowhere else to turn. And then, though Jesus knows, we cannot tell the difference on this side between those who will stumble and those who will persevere. Jesus said that from the beginning, He knew from the beginning who it was who would believe in Him. In verse 64 it says, For Jesus knew from the beginning those who did not believe and, it was, and those who would betray Him. And then, this is why I told you. I'm sorry. Then later, He says, In verse 70, Jesus answered him, Did I not choose you, the twelve? And yet one of you is a devil. 
He spoke of Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, for he, one of the twelve, was going to betray him. All of these people look the same. These disciples that were following Jesus, they looked the same on the outside. They were all following around the crowd. They all looked like they were following Jesus. Yet Jesus knew there were some who really believed Him and there were some who were just there to get their bellies filled. Just there for the next miracle. So they could benefit from it. They didn't really believe in Jesus. And He knew those were who, who were His own. He knew those who were real. And He knew about Judas. Think about this. When all the others were falling away, couldn't it, wouldn't it have looked like Judas was one who was standing firm? He didn't go away when all the, other 12, when all the other others were going away. He stayed there. And yet Jesus even knew one of you, Jesus told the disciples, is a devil. Speaking of Judas. Just because someone makes it through some trials doesn't mean they'll endure all the way to the end. And Jesus knows the difference. While the Father will keep all those who are His, it is still our duty to persevere. Don't become complacent. And don't leave behind what Jesus said because things get hard. We have no place else to go. Jesus is the new reality. Jesus is what is real. In a world where people walk around not knowing what is real. Things can get hard in this life. We face all kinds of trials. Jesus says some hard things to us. Sometimes Jesus demands things of us that we don't want to go through. My encouragement to you, my urgent plea to you is don't stop following Jesus. As, I, as I've, I've said to some people this morning, it doesn't necessarily mean you keep following in the same place. But what we are committed to following is Jesus Himself. Not a teacher, not a certain preacher, but Jesus. Don't stop following Jesus. His own, He will hold fast. He will never let them go. But there's a reality. There were some disciples, people who were called disciples, who stopped following Jesus. And Judas himself probably thought he was okay. He thought he was real. And yet even he, one of the twelve, whom Jesus called as one of His disciples, was a betrayer. Don't stop following Jesus. Don't stop following Jesus. It can be a temptation. When Jesus says something hard to us, when something's demanded of us by Jesus, but don't stop following Him. There's nowhere else to go. He has the words of eternal life. 
To stop following Jesus would be like going back down into that cave and being happy and thinking and just being, being content with the way things used to be. Follow Jesus to the end. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.wordpress.com or you can like us on Facebook. Facebook.